Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Please help me welcome to the stage James Isolay from Cognizm. Hi, everybody. Um, it's a real pleasure to be here today. Uh, my name is James Isolay. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Cognizm. Cognizm is a B2B uh, sales intelligence provider. We help companies find their next best customer. Um, first, I'd really like to fi- thank um, uh, Nathan um, for, for inviting me to speak. Uh, I met Nathan at uh, a SaaS stock in 2019. Uh, we were part of a group, uh, an um, event called SaaS Society, and Nathan um, hosted the uh, the table. And he gave me a, one of the things that I um, things that Nathan gave me at that talk was uh, a piece of advice about managing my board. Uh, and he, he urged me to like use my board and to actually drive value from my board. Before that, my board had really been um, just a, an ex- a reporting exercise, a place where I reported my figures. Uh, and after that advice, I really made my board um, help to help really plug the gaps that we had in terms of expertise. And one of those people was Phil Garlic, who was head of corporate development at Zoom Info. And, um, Phil Golic really helps us to do the transactions and to do the acquisitions, and particularly Casper. That saved me at least a million dollars in fees from bankers. So, uh, and that should help pay for Lacquer's magazine for uh, for uh, for a while. So, thank you, Nathan, for that advice. It's small bits of advice that can really help accelerate your growth, um, and and so that, that's why these events are so key. Uh, so this is this, the story of the revenue growth from uh, Cognizm. Um, so as you can see, we've had very um, consistent revenue growth. Right now, actually, we're in uh, end of August, we're at 37 million AAR. Uh, our gro- revenue growth has really been a mix of probably about 50% uh, from marketing and 50% from our outbound sales team. And I'll talk more about that um, as, we, as we go through the talk. So over the next 20 minutes, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover a lot of topics. Uh, I'm gonna just cover really key points and, and I think some of the key lessons from Cognizant's growth journey. Um, first of all, we're gonna talk about the growth from zero to 30 million. Um, the three kind of, I think, strengths of Cognizant. One is our hiring of international developers. Another one is our, our growth, um, how we kind of split marketing between capture demand strategies and creating demand strategies. Then I'm going to look at the M&A. Why do M&A? I love doing M&A. Um, I personally, uh, yeah, I don't use any bankers. We have the expertise on the board from Phil Garlic, who used to be head of corporate development at Zoom Info. And I personally uh, drive the transactions, and I really enjoy that. And then uh, there's a, there's a, we've provided an asset, which is our uh, letter of intent for Casper, the template for that, uh, which which is on the uh, one of the assets in on the uh, the the drive. Uh, and then we just talk about why we did the M&A in terms of how it improves our um, go-to-market motion and also about the challenges of driving the M&A transaction in terms of uh, getting to the valuation and structuring the deal. Uh, 
So first of all, international developers. So my, I found my CTO on using Upwork. Um, so I'm actually a software developer, and that's my background, but I would say I was a pretty terrible coder. Um, so I knew that the first gap that I needed to plug was actually a good, uh, good head of development. I, I found my, uh, so my CTO is from Croatia. Uh, we, we hired most of our d developers who are actually based in Croatia and Macedonia. We've actually got the average cost of engineers down to 32K. And after the Casper acquisition, what we found is that most of their developers were hired in Morocco and Tunisia. Now we're actually building a new office in um, Tunisia where the actual average cost of the engineers is around 16K. So one of the key things that I would you know, ask people to look at is looking at um, international talent and hiring uh, globally. Um, for us, that's, that's really been um, one of the, the big advantages that we've had. One of the other key lessons is really to actually build offices in those locations. So actually we have an office in uh, Croatia and in, in Zadar and we have an office in um, Skopje in Macedonia and we're now building a new office in Sfax in Tunisia. Um, what that really helps to do is really build culture um, and, and really helps you to retain that talent. What we've found is that when we've actually had developers that are just work from home, that they're, not, they're far less sticky. So that's one of my key lessons and one of the, I think, the strengths of Cognizant's growth. The next kind of one of the key things that I think we've done really right is around capture demand. So, so we have a, a fantastic marketing team. Uh, Alice DeCourcy is our CMO. I'd really urge you to follow her on LinkedIn. That she provides some fantastic uh, content and guidance. Um, you know, this is the the way that you know, I suppose the world should be seen is that um, the model that we have in our head is that about three percent of the, uh, anybody in the market is really looking. For solutions at any one point of time, and 97% are actually um, not not buyers, but need to be warmed up. So the typical capture demand strategy is really you know, SEO, Google Ads, LinkedIn. You're bidding on the keywords that that our users are looking for. So for us, it's B2B data, and also bidding on uh, competitor keywords. Uh, the, our key lesson here was we tried to outsource this. I you know initially tried to outsource this. Um, before building a team and really didn't get much success you know using agencies and recently again we tried to outsource this to try and get cost efficiencies and found that really that was a disaster um, so really our key lesson here is really to build an in-house team and to really keep the talent and train the talent internally and to really pair that talent with great mentors um, from from companies that are scaling above you and um, that's really you know been the key to our success here uh, this is our organic traffic, and this is really driven from our create demand strategies. So uh, currently, we're about uh, 260k of value um, of of um, from from our organic traffic. That's about twice the value. You know, using you know tools like Ahrefs, it's about twice the value of our nearest competitor. Um, and really, here what we've done. Um, to really drive that, and something we did differently this year is we hired a subject matter expert. So Ryan. Uh, Risa, who, who does his cold calling, um, we, we actually used him to build a community this, this year, and that's really worked well for us and created uh, like a, a really good set of differentiated content. So, and, and one of the other things that we've done here is hire uh, like content, creator, like content creators in, in lower cost countries. So we have a lot of marketing staff in South Africa, which has been a great location for, for hiring in terms of marketing um, content. And this has really helped us to create differentiated content and to, to again, like have double the tra traffic than our competitors, uh, our nearest competitor that's, that's a little bit above, above us in size. Um, jumping into section two, I'm just going to go through the, the I'm going to really dive into the acquisition. 
uh, why, you know, Cognizant's uh, growth and story, and then Casper's. So Casper was a company that we acquired in France. It was more driven. Uh, it was more going after, um, I would say, like that individual user that's buying uh, data on a credit card. Uh, so I'm gonna also just look at the, that kind of whole, uh, you know, why PLG and, and then, um, you know, how that helps us expand our market. So again, this is just Cognizant's revenue. Again, Cognizant is really more about a direct, we have a direct sales team. Um, so so we, we, we really have um, high sales touch points. Um, we, we, our average ACV is, is, you know, from 15K and above. Um, and you know we 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 don't have a really any sort of a freemium version. It's how we built the company. You know we 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 were VC funded and uh, and and so you know that gave us the resources to kind of really at a very early stage build that sales team. Um, Casper was actually a bootstrap company. It's really PLG driven. So so you know they have a freemium version. Their average ACV starts at really five hundred dollars and goes up to two thousand dollars. So it's a really a very different. Uh, model to Cognizant. This is the combined revenue. Um, really, the 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 vision that we, I had when going after inquiring Casper uh, was to kind of fix an issue that Cognizant, where when we were actually acquiring those kind of micro and SMB businesses at 15k packages, we really had very poor retention of them. And what we saw when we looked into Casper was for that same type of audience they had uh, on annual contracts, they had about 110% plus um, net retention, whereas you know we were around about the 60% level. So, so really what it, we showed was that that pricing and how they developed their products, we hadn't really created the, the best customer experience or the best customer journey. But by combining the two companies together, we could create this, this perfect customer experience where we could take customers that, that um, starting on a far smaller package that could self-serve and didn't need all the sales support and then move them along to the higher ACV, ACV packages as, um, as, as they grew. So that was really the vision and what we wanted to build coming together and that should create like the perfect, like highest, most accelerated uh, customer journey. Um, so this is what Alan, so Alan was the founder of Casper um, and this was what, what he said about it. Casper is a very good PLG data provider but what we lack in commercial power to address larger deals. Cognizant has one of the strongest sales forces in our industry and the combination of the two will allow us to achieve great things. With Cognizant's knowledge, knowledge and resources, Casper can become one of the most powerful PLG data providers in Europe and smash the competition. I mean, at the heart of uh, any M&A transaction or acquisition is really that narrative, that story that you're trying to bind everybody together with. And this was the narrative that, that I built and I, I took and talked to Alan about in the team, which really was the, the common vision that then helped the transaction go ahead and which was the, the vision that was shared with the board. I think it's super important that right at the beginning of the transaction, if you're leading that M&A transaction, that you have a narrative, that you have a really well-defined narrative about when these two organizations come together, how are you then going to be a superpower? Uh, so, so this, these are the, the different skills that come together. Casper was really a PLG motion. Um, they had created a far more simple product that was really aimed at those individuals that are putting and buying, purchasing on a credit card. Cognizant is really an organization that um, is selling at people who are buying at the org level. Um, so they have org level authority to buy, and we're really having more features to actually sell at the to, to help benefit those, those org level buyers. And because you've got far more sale touch points to be able to sell that org level solution you have to speak to more buyers of course the ICV has to be higher 
together we can create that kind of like perfected journey where individuals can come in and initially start on their credit card and as they grow and expand then we can sell them the benefits of moving to an org level solution when they're ready for that that we're ready for that change so this is how the transaction took place um, and the, the kind of order um, and, and, and why. So back in September 2021, I was approached by one of my salespeople that we had started to see Casper in our deals. Now, I hadn't heard of Casper before um, and they just added a, a UK sales rep and so they started to appear in our deals. Um, so I reached out onto um, LinkedIn, um, it was as basic as that, and, and managed to get hold of the CTO. And then the CTO um, put me in touch with the CEO, we had a quick Zoom call, and then what I immediately did was fly over to Paris um, with that vision that I uh, talked about. Because um, at that time, we really felt that we were missing that PLG element. We had tried to build it internally, but, but that hadn't worked out. So, so I really felt at that point we really needed to acquire that PLG expertise and really have a part of our organization that was really good at PLG and where we could concentrate that skill. So I engaged with Casper, with, um, sold them that vision. Then in November, we um, created the letter of intent. So Phil Garlick, um, who has that expertise. So again, we didn't need to use a bank, which is great. And I'd really um, urge that um, if you're doing m and it's it, like you can do this yourself. You don't need a banker and you can save millions of dollars in fees. Um, like it isn't that complicated to do that. And I really feel that it's super important for the, you as a founder to drive the transaction because it will help the success in terms of the relationships you build for the for the post merger, um, the, 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 for the post merger um, success for that to be successful. Um, so um, we did the letter of intent. The letter of intent, which uh, again I've provided the resources, is, is a really important step. I mean that that that's really you negotiate. That that's where you build you you ground expectations, uh, and so it, it's a really key step that, to get that right and to get all the expectations set correctly between the company you're acquiring, your own board, and your own staff at the same time. We did uh, due diligence in and uh, technical financial due diligence in January 2022, um, and kicked off the legal process, and then the transaction completed in March 2022. So it was it was fairly quick. I mean, Casper is actually a fairly small organization; it was 14 people. Again, I, I threw a lot of personal time into it to make sure that it happened quickly, um, and also did lots of trips to Paris, which was no bad thing, um, to make sure that that um, that I built the relationships with the Casper team. Uh, in terms of, yeah, so, so in the next section, we're just going to um, have a quick look at the LOI, um, the, the structure of the deal, and, and what, what we learned. So in terms of the uh, letter of intent, um, you, can, you can have a look at that, that in, on the desk. And if you've got any questions, like please connect to me afterwards, and I'm happy to explain anything or go into anything in more depth. Um, I mean, one of the big lessons through another M&A transaction at the moment is at this stage is really to understand is the founder ready to sell like this is where you can really drag out a lot of the issues and, and um, really find out like who at the where at the other company are the doubts and, and then you've got as the driver of the transaction it's my job to to, to kind of challenge those doubts and tackle them in the letter of intent to get everybody comfortable with the transaction so um, again this part of the process is really about building relationships and, and closing off doubts. Um, and um, another big another big area here is jurisdiction issues. So Casper was a French company. Um, there's a lot of uh, negative noise about France as a co country to do business in. 
so far we're having a, a very good experience. Um, here we did have one problem around tax uh, on the on equity, so so it was actually more um, tax efficient to do a pure cash transaction, and so that's ultimately how we structured the deal. Uh, so the deal structure here, so so of course the big debating point is valuation. Um, and we've just gone through a, a period in time where valuations have been sky high and when actually we started this transaction, you know, there were deals being done in the VC community in our space where uh, multiples were like, a, like 40 times revenue. Um, so of course that wasn't going to fly with our board. And so, you know, one of the um, things that I really had to do was really um, find that common ground on valuation between the founders and, and my board uh, which is you know we're, we're, we're VC funded so I've got a lot of VCs to kind of debate valuation with there um, one of the like methods and tactics that there that I used in terms of negotiation is really you know talk about valuation multiples um, that are higher on the, the, the current uh, AR and then with the board talk about the multiple um, at the close of the transaction so you can talk about a lower multiple. So, so that was just one tactic so that I could actually um, like meet everybody's expectation. Um, it's just really about talking about the same thing at different periods of time um, that would again help to find agreement. Um, in terms of the way that we structured it, um, because we didn't do equity, um, we, we actually built an earnout structure. So, um, so, there's, so there are cash payments at different milestones, and that's worked really well as well um, in terms of incentivizing just in the same way as equity. I, we did our, the first time we actually did an acquisition, we did an acquisition in 2020 with a company called Meltastic that was most like majority equity. Uh, and, and I haven't really seen any difference between doing it with equity or doing it on this earnout structure. Um, and actually, from, from our perspective, because we did this cash and not equity, it's really cheaper if you think about it from, from our perspective as a, as a fast growth company. Uh, and actually, the, the, the other party preferred cash. Um, I think everybody always prefers cash, um, generally. Um, so, um, and yeah, and this, the, the, the overall, that um, structuring the deal with this um, and communicating on the, on the, um, the multiple in, in different ways to the, to the acquiring company and to our board really helped to get everybody on board uh, for the transaction. Um, so, so I guess to summarize, and I've gone pretty quickly <laughs> through, through that, um, the, the, what, I've, what I've covered over there is really, you know, the keys to our growth is really, uh, to the cognizant has really been um, us um, being international, like hiring international developers like for us to grow faster in the future like I'm going to find new locations uh, again right now we're looking at North Africa because it's really un untapped and there's great talent there um, you know we've, we've had a great we created an amazing um, uh, way of capturing of, of growing with this capture demand and creating demand strategies and splitting those out and really putting resources in both. I mean, that the, in terms of create demand, really, that's like a, a year uh, payoff. But again, as you see now, like we have doubled the number amount of org, organic traffic than our nearest competitor. So again, it's, it's really paid off and that investment's really paid off. Um, in terms of why do M&A, uh, inorganic growth is... is um, really beneficial. It's really beneficial to plug the gaps that you might have in your own skills and your own team. Uh, it, it really does also help to stop competition. Um, and, and um, you know, that, that, that's been a, a key for, uh, I think that's, um, Casper would have been a big problem overall if, if they'd grown in the US market as independent. Uh, and of course, adding product capabilities. 
And in terms of the M&A uh, book, um, hopefully you can all dive into that real uh, letter of intent and that'll give you a great template um, to, 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 to think about deals. Um, if you have any questions on that, please, you know, happy to answer them. Um, you know, it's it again. It, it, we didn't, we've now got this new go-to-market motion, which which is fantastic. Right now, we we're using Casper to enter new markets, so we're about to kick off Spain. Um, so the aim is that for us going forward is that we'll go into new markets with a PLG motion. Once we get a certain amount of traction, then we'll set up the direct sales teams to sell deals at a higher ACV when we've got uh, once we're in key accounts. Uh, th- you know that for me is extremely exciting and and uh, means means we can grow at a faster pace. Uh, and in terms of valuation, um, again, in terms of negotiating, um, uh, that, that's that's um, you know, the, the key. There is really to um, be able to like look at the expect to discuss the expectations of the company you're going to acquire and look at the expectations of the uh, of your board and then find ways to discuss the, the valuation in different ways to make everybody happy which is easy to do if you just use time um, as one as one of those uh, methods to, um, to, to 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 set people's expectation in the right place so that's um, so if you, uh, I thank you again for let, letting me present Nathan um, and uh, yeah um, and if you have any questions please contact me connect to me on LinkedIn I'm happy to answer any anything in more depth